Once upon a time, in a land far away. I'm Katrina, and I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Fairy Tellers Podcast. Myth, legend, folklore, fable. We explore what they say about cultures then and now. Grab a hot cup of cocoa and a comfy seat while we retell you a thing. Hello, anybody and everybody who might be up at this late hour. Um, This is a surprise live that we were not intending on doing. Um, And once I send a request uh, for Jeff to join, I'll, you know, start telling you why. Um, So, hey, I see a friend already on here. Um, So yeah, this was not a planned live. We didn't tell anybody that we were doing it and what we were up to. Um, Basically, we decided that we were going to do this live. Hey, Jeff. Hello. We decided that we were going to do this live tonight because uh, we haven't put out or created any episodes uh, this whole month, the entire month of October. I feel like our accidental theme for this year, instead of it being like listener requests, our accidental theme has been life keeps happening (laughs) (laughs) and horrible things keep happening. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind sharing. At the beginning of the month, I had a planned uh, medical surgery. It was a procedure. Technically, it wasn't it wasn't surgery because it wasn't cut open. Um, But I had this kidney procedure that had to be done. There were complications from that. Things took a long time, one, to heal, and then two, to, there were weird things that went on. It was like a whole wild journey. Um, My last appointment with my doctor is scheduled for November 2nd. So hopefully everything is showing that that's great. (laughs) So that was one part of the month. Uh, It was like the first, what, like two weeks of the month. Uh, then I went to the American Folklore Society conference. I was glad I was really worried that I was going to have to at the last minute because the medical things have to cancel that. So (laughs) I was able to go and do that. And that was awesome and amazing. Uh, but it ate some of our like recording time because usually we record over weekends. Uh, and then we were going to be doing, uh, a podcast recording to put out. Um, but Instead, uh, my husband's grandfather ended up dying and that has been horrible and awful. And we're headed out to the funeral tomorrow. Um, And so basically, Jeff and I were like, what can we do to still create content to let people know what's going on that the podcast isn't because it's been (laughs) Jeff, I feel like it's every. I feel like it's every other month this year. It's it's ever since Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Tuesday no. at the beginning of the year happened and it was wonderful. But then life. Uh, all downhill. Yeah, it's been all downhill from there. I, I should have known there was nothing to live for after Tuesday. Yeah, I was like, at the beginning of the year, you were like, after <clears> Tuesday, <throat> I don't know what there is to look forward to anymore. And I was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you doing okay? <laughs> and then um, it, it's 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 been an ongoing fall, gradual fall downhill the rest of the year. Yeah, except we've like taken turns. Uh, actually, you've taken like an unfair share of turns. Oh really. yeah, um, is somebody like actually this past right weekend? <laughs> this I'm, past weekend was like one of the happiest weekends of my you know life for in a long in a you know long while. So oh, I'm so glad for you. <laughs> So next time I think that there's nothing to look forward to after some thing like Tuesday, I'll just have to remember. Remember how things happened in 2022. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad your weekend last weekend was nice. Yeah. And the the, the best weekend in a long time. That's great. Um, my husband and I were holding each other crying on and off all weekend. <laughs> That's like my normal weekend. So <clears throat> decided to take a break from that. I'm glad I was telling somebody about, um, oh, I'll share this story. I think people on here would like enjoy it. Um, I had a midterm the morning I found out about, uh, my <laughs> husband's grandfather passing. It was, oh, that's not the funny one. N- no, 
We got we so we got like the phone call and you know we're kind of like okay here's what we need to do like here's like the situation what do we do my husband's like I cannot go into work I am I'm going to be too emotional I'm calling in I'm not going to work and he's like are you going to he's like you're not going to like class are you you're not doing that and I was like I have a midterm today I like <laughs> I I can't and so he was like okay I I don't know. And I was like, it's fine. I, I studied for it. I'll take the desk. So I get there and I'm just like, my brain is having the hardest time concentrating. I'm kind of like all over the place. And so I, the teacher at the beginning, um, cause it wasn't in a testing center. It was in class. She was like, Hey, if you're interested, I can grade your test before you leave so that you'll know going into the weekend, what your grade's going to be. And so in my head, I was like, Oh, that'd be perfect. That'd be exactly what I want. And so I'm sitting, trying to take the midterm, <laughs> having problems, like just like concentrating and staying focused on what I'm doing. Cause I feel like I'm just like a, at the very edge of like breaking into tears. And, uh, so I get done with it. I go up and I have my teacher grade it. So my professor grades the paper and I got a hundred on it. And nice. so she writes the score on the back and she holds it up for me. And she's got this like big, happy smile on her face because she's like, oh, my gosh. So she like holds <laughs> it up and she was like, you did amazing. And I looked her <laughs> dead in the eyes and I said, I just found out that my grandfather died. I don't know if I'm coming to class next week. I, I don't know when the funeral <laughs> is. And she was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. She's like, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's OK. I'm going to go cry in my car. And then I just walked <laughs> out of the classroom, like no, uh, no context or anything. I was just like, oh, yeah. she's yay. you got an amazing grade. And I was like, cool. Life is meaningless and I'm consumed by grief. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because the contrast is very. Yes. Funny. No, I realized like later that I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I just like walked in, dropped that. On that lady's lap, just was like, oh, guess what? My grandma's dead. Goodbye. Um, in in my defense, um, you know, my morning kind of went that same way where <laughs> that information got dropped in my lap. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's coming in waves of like laughing about it and crying about it. And like for the, you know, for my husband, uh, his grandpa was like another dad to him. Like they were very, very close. So it's, it's, it's been a roller coaster, but I mean, what's interesting, and this is, will tie into what we're doing tonight. Um, what is interesting about it that I've been thinking about is that like talking about death, talking about grief, just regularly talking about life and how it is affected by knowing that we will die. I Chan Art, I cannot believe that you are awake. Thank well, you I, for I was, being awake. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about this, like, I think it might actually be more convenient timing, right? Because normally it's like the went, very middle of the night. Now it's just like early morning. Yeah, I'm like, if they went to bed <clears throat> early, I Chan Art, I hope if, that you are <laughs> sleeping well and that you weren't just like scrolling <laughs> all night. <laughs> this is a surprise live. Um, but anyway, we talk about life and we talk about death, um, not so that when somebody dies, we don't care or that we don't feel pain. Um, you don't have to feel bad for missing the other live. I'm sorry. I got distracted by iChan art. You do not have to feel bad for missing the other live. <laughs> it happens. Life is wild. Um, as, as we're discussing right now, <laughs> oh, I hope I hope that after this you end up getting a good night's sleep, I chan art. Um, but anyway, we don't talk <laughs> about life like death and grief so that when somebody dies, we don't feel any pain about it at all. It's so that we live our lives the way that we can be proud of living our lives because we're consciously aware of the fact that someday we will die and that the other people in our life will someday die so that you can like make you know, meaning out of every connection, every chance you have to like hang out with those people. Um, yeah. And I just thought it was interesting because I had posted on uh, this like Instagram and my stories. I think it's a reel actually. So people can like look and see um, <laughs> that was like how to use October and like the Halloween season to 
um what what did i say like not interact with death but um like engage i think was like engage with death and like talking about death and one of the things that i talked about was i think it was the three things were um writing down what you want to be remembered for when you die because then you'll be living your life in a way that you will be remembered for those things um and the other one was pulling out pictures of the people that you love and writing down the things that you love about them and then the last one was uh telling stories that are a little bit spooky a little bit scary to you know feel the thrill of mortality. And I've been doing a lot of this second one because I've been pulling out pictures um, of my husband's grandpa a lot, pictures of us like in, we had taken a family trip to Hawaii. This man was fit and able. This man, like we, we were at the edge of a cliff and he knew a spot. They uh, were in Hawaii a lot, um, like, oh, like over many years. And he, uh, like climb down the side of this cliff. Cause he was like, Oh, Katrina, I want to show you this special spot. Uh, and we climbed down this cliff. We waded into the water and then into a cave that was like on the side of this cliff. And inside of this cave, there was like this long tunnel that had, that was filled with sand and just a bunch of turtles were just sleeping there. So we stood at the edge of the tunnel and like looked in at all these like sleeping turtles so I was spending a lot of time uh, engaging with death by remembering uh, my husband's grandpa and the amazing man that he was, the fun <laughs> things that we did together. But tonight, what we're going to do for uh, this live is uh, tell some spooky stories. <laughs> so, Jeff, did you want to tell yours first or should I tell mine first? I'll tell mine first because I want to... Jump back just slightly because when you're talking about, you know, telling stories about loved ones who have passed on, it reminded me of something that I heard that I think is just like absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure I brought it up on the podcast before, but my wife in college, she was studying. She had a semester of school that we called like the Harry Potter semester because she was taking like a class called That's Monsters right. Ancient and Modern yes. and like, you know, ancient civilizations and their art or something. You know, I mean, it was like all the t the titles of her because she was like yeah. you know, about to graduate. So there was like seminar classes or whatever. Um, so she had like really cool classes. And one of them that she was taking was about um, the Maya. And like their art and their, you know, it was like an anthropology kind of a class. Yeah. And one of the things that they apparently kind of sort of believed, and this is my interpretation of what my memory of this thing, I wasn't in the class. So if I get it wrong, I'm sorry. But I, <laughs> I know that the gist of this is pretty much true. That like when they would tell stories about ancestors, which was something that was very important to them, like while you are telling the story, like you are literally like bringing them back to life in that moment, like through your words. Like, and yeah. it's kind of the whole thing with like the way that time works and stuff like that, which yeah. is like, I think that's just like a really beautiful thing because like you are, I was just talking in a class, I got a guest lecture in a class, which was pretty cool. And I was talking about how, like when you make videos and when you make, when you're, or when you watch movies and you read books, that the story doesn't happen on the page. It doesn't happen on the screen. It happens inside of your head. Yeah. And like the same, the same way that you experience like real life. So like when that's happening inside of your head, like you're experiencing that person almost as if they really were alive inside of your own your own mind like yeah. and the feelings that you feel and all that stuff so it's like it's just really beautiful that is and i dived down because i remembered your wife one of the books that she oh, yeah. read and recommended to me during her harry potter semester uh was religion and its monsters i know it's backwards on like the screen for everybody but yeah <laughs> religion and its monsters um by timothy k beale um and yeah this is one of those books that i like just like ended up writing like a ton of notes and gluing <laughs> that's one of i'm like where was it gluing pages into it <laughs> um because it's like really fascinating um but yeah. that book it wasn't about the subject that you just talked about no but yeah but it was related yeah and, and i and i that love book that has been on my that book has been on my to read list for like 11 years now and i still haven't read it but i should, you should. um we had a good segue into this before, but then I ruined it. So I'm going to take a break by mentioning just some of the people there in the chat. I was like, we're doing a surprise live. I was like, nobody's going to be there. But yeah. like some of our, our, you know, people that are here every time, I Chen Art, who apparently didn't go to sleep and is 
going to be lulled to sleep by my story in a few minutes. Um, Chocolate Mermaid's been very vocal in the chat, which has been great, saying she'd love the suggestions about how to, you know, embrace death and engage with death, especially telling people's stories of like ancestors and stuff like yeah. that. So thank you all for coming in and, and joining. I also saw what the hell Tony Bell was in here, which yeah. I just feel so happy when I remember what the WTH stands for. And iChan Art is a vampire who never yeah. And hello to Ian Brody, who is one of my new AFS friends. Uh, met, oh, cool. I got to meet him at the American Folklore Society. He's been on Folkwise. Um, and so he was a person that was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, celebrity. I really can't wait to like meet this person. And so I was oh, excited when I got to meet them. <clears throat> so, yeah, thank you to everybody who's in the chat right now and who showed up. Because, yeah, this is a surprise live um yeah to make up for the fact that this whole month ha has been pretty terrible aside from me getting to go to the american folklore society um that trip was amazing everything else my month has been garbage <laughs> so i chant art i'm hoping that it's oh they said they froze oh well i hope i hope you and i jeffrey have not fully frozen uh you've been here strong as ever the whole time so luckily if you are hearing me and we did freeze and you missed something this is going to go out as an audio version on our regular podcast feed and yeah. also you can find previous lives usually post it and do something to make it so they can find yeah. it so you should be able to find it and watch it after the fact and with that i'm gonna go in and tell a delightful story called grandfather's eyes the story of three wicked yazinkas which is just a delight <laughs> Um, so once upon a time, there was a poor boy and nobody loved him. <laughs> He's just He's a, a poor, poor boy from a poor family, a very poor family because his mother and father were both dead. So he was out there making it happen on his own. And they called him Janacek. And this is like a Czech Slovak story, by the way, which I always get confused about how you're supposed to like say that. Cause there's like Czechs or Slovaks and what's Czechoslovakia and the Czech Republic. And I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> You're like, this isn't a political commentary. I'm just so, saying I don't yeah. know. I'm just ignorant. Yeah. So apologies. Anyway, so this poor boy was wandering around and he was like, he, says he was wandering around alone trying to make a living. And he, for a long time, he wouldn't have anything to do. He's like, I don't know what's going on. And so he wandered and wandered. And then he finally came across a house next to the woods. And there was an old man sitting on the doorstep. And... Janacek could see that this old man was blind because there were empty holes where his eyes used to be. We're just like, yep, that's a pretty dead giveaway there, Janacek. Great observation. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, also, in around the house, there was a pen where there were some goats and they were bleeding and, you know, making all sorts of noise. And the old man's like, oh, man, you poor things. You want to oh, go out. Oh, I thought you said bleeding. <laughs> bleating. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were bleeding. <laughs> Like and goat there were, blood everywhere. drinking their blood. No, <laughs> no, they were not. They were not in any physical distress. They were just in like mental and emotional distress because they wanted to go out to pasture. The old man knew that he could communicate with these goats because they were his goats from way back. And he's like, "I know you want to go out. Like the same way you talk to your cats. Like they come up meowing, like meow. And you're like, I know, but it's like you don't know. You don't actually know, but you say you know. But you do kind of know. I yeah. know cats. You feel like you know." They know that you don't know because they have a superiority complex. Anyway, Janacek was like, you know, Slim Shady style. This looks like a job for me. <laughs> and he was like, hey, grandfather, send me. And it's one of those things I love when, you know, they call people like by a fit, like a familial name. Yeah. That aren't actually like related to them. Because like in the culture I grew up in, that was that's like not a thing. Yeah. So much. But, but I love like that, like, other cultures. that like, oh, grandfather, let me help you. Or like, auntie, yeah. let me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like like in when I lived in Japan, that's the same thing. Like any old man or old woman, you call them like grandma or grandpa, basically. Um, yeah, so the old man's like, okay, uh, go take the goats out to pasture. Thank you so much. But there's one thing, Janacek. Don't take them over that hill in the woods or the Yazinkas might get you because that's where they got me. And now we have a little bit of a clue as to what happened to the grandfather's eyes. Janacek knew that there were Yazinkas about. And he also knew that Yazinkas were these wicked witches who lived in a cave in the woods. And they would go around in like the disguise of beautiful young women to lure people to them, put them in a false sense Classic. of security and do something terrible to them. Classic disguise, um, beautiful young lady. 
it's no one's drawn to beautiful young ladies. I think we all are. Um, <laughs> I know but I it said am. too that they, <laughs> when they would meet you, they would also like greet you. It says greet you modestly and say God bless you and stuff like that, and like trick you into thinking that they were like just these kind souls. And then once they had you tricked, they would put you to sleep and gouge your eyes out. <laughs> so like as it's going on, it starts saying like Nanotech knew about the Yazinkas, and it says all this thing. And then what I love is oh, it says this whole thing that I just kind of recalled, and it ends with oh yes, Yanachek knew about the Yazinkas, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Oh, um, Ichan Art is right. People do uh, assign undue trust to attractive people more than they do like unattractive people, which yeah, is ridiculous. I can't remember what that's called. And Jeff knows I have the opposite problem where if a man who is like pretty like classically handsome comes over to me, I instantly distrust them and I instantly do not want them to talk to me. Yeah, she's she does not have that uh, cognitive bias to bring her down. She has like a opposite side of that where she like thinks that people who are actually nice people are jerks. Yeah. And then also we're all she bad thinks people. that people who are bad people are really nice. And then she finds out that they're bad people. So like Katrina's first impressions usually are the opposite of what is true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she would not fall prey to the Zinkas, I don't think. Um, so Yannick's like, okay. No, because I'd be I would be so intimidated by them. I'm like, oh, these those ladies are too hot. They don't want to be my friend. They can't be <laughs> beckoning me into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and Yanachek felt the same way. He's like, I'm not going to fall prey to any Azinkas. They're not going to get me. It's fine. And so the first day and the second day were normal days. Yanachek took the goats out. And on the third day, he thinks to himself, you know what? I'm going to try the hill in the woods. The one that I'm not supposed to go to. The one that this grandfather guy told me not to go to because that's where he got his eyes plucked out. It's not like there is uh, anything that could happen to me if I go there. Yeah. I'm not afraid. And so he goes, but before he goes over the hill, he cuts three long slender switches from a blackberry bramble. So like blackberry bramble sticks. I'm going to be honest. I don't actually know what a bramble is. It's kind of like a bush, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. With thorns. Ah, that's what makes it a bramble. I'm pretty positive. Look at me. I'm like turning around. Guys, just so you know, when we normally record podcast episodes, this is a classic position for me, which is turned around (laughs) to grabbing a book. My my shelf being like, I'm going to check a reference. Um, It's like Merlin in the library, just like pulling books off and like throwing them everywhere and like writing down and like picking up papers that have fallen out. Yeah, this one is folklore and symbolism of flowers, plants and trees. I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to look up because I'm pretty sure that blackberry brambles are a classic um, way to trap spirits. So continue with your story. Hopefully not spoiler. It was probably spoiler alerts, but continue. We'll see. (laughs) I was like, okay, but here, no one at this point is thinking like, oh, this is not important. It's just a random detail that was thrown in. You know, you're like, I was like, I've never heard this before. That I don't know what this thing is, but this is obviously going to be a thing that will come in handy later. Chekhov's Blackberry Brambles. Anyway, cuts three, which is important, long slender switches, winds them into coils and hides them inside of his hat, which he is wearing a hat if that helps you to form a better mental image. of it. it does for me. I like to know whether people are wearing hats or not. Um, yeah, so then he goes into the woods and they start nibbling on the, the goats start nibbling on leaves and branches and they're like pretty happy. They come across a river and they're going to drink and then they go up to like the grassy side of the hill and they start eating and they start scattering about and Yanachek's like, yep, I'm going to sit down and relax in this place that has dangerous, uh, Yuzinkas roaming around. And <laughs> nothing could go barely wrong. His cheeks barely had time to meet cold stone. Butt cheeks, that is. <laughs> Before the most beautiful maiden in the world, dressed all in white, approaches him. And again, I always find it interesting when they describe what beautiful looks like in whatever place the story comes from. Yep. Her skin was red as roses and white as milk. Mm. Her eyes were black as slowberries, which I don't know what those are. Or if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And her hair was dark as the raven's wing and fell about her shoulders in long, waving tresses. It's like this long, dark, curly hair, very pale and red skin. I mean, you know, I can imagine it's like red lips, you know, red details, I guess. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, and so she smiles and she offers Janacek a big red apple, which it's like, uh-oh. And she says, God bless you, shepherd boy. Here, this is something that I've grown for you in my own garden. Janacek's like, okay, I'm not falling for this. She's got to be a Zinka. So if I eat this apple, I'm going to fall asleep and then she's going to gouge my eyes out. Guy, gouge my eyes out. You did it. Then she's going to gouge my eyes out. This would be a thing where when we were doing a regular podcast, I would say it those 12 times and then just cut the one of me saying it correctly. But now you got to hear my mouth being uncooperative. Like now they know the truth. I can't speak good sometimes. So he politely says to her, ah, no, thank you very much, my beautiful maiden. But my master has a tree in his garden with apples that are way bigger than that. So I can just go back and eat as many as I want. But, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And when the maiden saw that Janacek was not going to be persuaded to eat the apple, she takes off. It says she disappeared, which I'm like, if she's trying to keep in disguise, she didn't just like poof into a a thing of smoke. She's just, I'm assuming that means she like walked away. Um, Presently... So uh, not too long after that, a second maiden came, more beautiful, if possible, it says, than the first. Mm -hmm. And in her hand, she had a lovely red rose, something that we've never seen in any folklore fairy tales before. (laughs) What? Apples? Roses? I've never heard of these magical objects. And so the second Yzinka says, God bless you, shepherd boy. Um, Isn't this a lovely rose? I picked it from... A hedge. And it's so good smelling. Why don't, why don't you give it a sniff? She probably didn't say that. That doesn't sound very good. Like, why don't you give oh, it a how, sniff? <laughs> how fragrant it is. Will you smell it? Why don't, why don't you smell it? It's so good smelling. And he was like, ah, no. <laughs> he says, he's very polite again. No, thank you, beautiful maiden. But my master's garden is full of roses that smell much sweeter than that one. I smell roses all the time. I-D-G-A-F. Yeah. And uh, about your rose. <laughs> and so she's like, okay. <laughs> like, I love picturing this too, because in the text it says, she shrugged her shoulders. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and walks up. Uh, and then right after, a third one came, the youngest and most beautiful of them all. And in her hand, she carried, and I was thinking, I was like, what's the next one going to be? I'm going to know what it is. It was not one that I expected, but I was like, ah. We have seen this before. A golden comb. Yes. And she says, God bless you, shepherd boy. And he says, good day to you, beautiful maiden. And she smiles sweetly. Yeah. Did I say that she was the most beautiful of them all? If possible, which it's not, but whatever. Um, So he greeted her. She smiles at him and says, truly, you are a handsome lad, but you would be all the handsomer if your hair were nicely combed. Can I comb it for you? It's like, ooh, that she may have a chance. You know what I mean? She's bringing out the flattery. And so Janacek didn't say anything to her, but he took off his hat. And then a shark came. (laughs) No, but I don't know why I did the Jaws theme. It was just like the suspense. Takes off his hat. But as he's taking off the hat, he doesn't let the maiden see the brambles that are coiled up that he had hidden in there. Yeah. And so when she came close and was about to comb his hair, he whips out one of the long blackberry switches and hits her over her hands. She screams, tries to escape, but she couldn't because it is the fate of a Yazinka to not be able to escape if a human being ever strikes her over the hands with a switch of bramble. Wow. He really knew what he was doing when he grabbed (laughs) that stuff. This is why you study folklore. (laughs) We're keeping you safe. So you you know how to bind... You know how to bind evil apparitions should you come across them. And, you know, when she realizes that she's bound with like thorns around her arm, she starts crying and screaming and struggling. And she's screaming out to her sister. She says, help, sisters, help. And the other two Yazinkas come running, which again is, I don't know what, a hilarious thought to imagine. Yeah. For me. Um, and they start crying and they're trying to grab Janacek to get their sister like free. But Janacek only laughed because he's like, you know, they're begging him, please unbind her, unbind her. And he's like laughing. He's like, no, why don't you unbind her? <laughs> and they're like, how can we? We can't do it. Our, our hands are soft and the thorns will prick us. And we all got stuck to them too. And again, which they should have known, you can't convince Janacek of anything. They saw he was not to be moved by their pleadings. And so they went to their sister and tried to help her. And when their backs were turned trying to help their sister, he whips out the other two Blackberry Bramble switches. Whoosh, whoosh, whips them like Indiana Jones, binding them as well. 
So he makes the other two his prisoners. And he's like, hey, gotcha now, wicked Yazinkas. It was you who gouged out my master's eyes. I know it was you. And so you're not going to escape until you do what I ask you to do. And so he left the Yazinkas there, went back to his master. And he's like, hey, grandfather, great news. I figured out how to get your eyes back. And so he takes the old man by the hands, runs through the woods, probably doesn't run. The Yazinkas aren't going anywhere. Takes him across the bank of the river, up the grassy hillside, where the Zinkas, Yazinkas were still struggling and weeping, weeping, unable to get free. And so he turns to the first one and he says, hey, give me back my master's eyeballs. Uh, if you don't tell me, I'm going to throw you in the river. And so the maiden was kind of scared. And she's like, uh, no, please don't throw me in the river. I promise I'll find you your master's eyes. I promise I will. They're just right over here. So she leads him to a cave in the hillside where she and her sisters live. And inside they see these great heaping piles of eyes of all kinds. Big eyes, little eyes, black eyes, red eyes, blue eyes, one eyes, two eyes. You know, we we all have collections <laughs> of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we do. it's relatable and you know some people catch pokemon and like pokemon these yuzinkas had caught them all because it says they had every kind of eye in the world that you could imagine nice <clears throat> gorgeous so she went into my nightmare pile of eyes <laughs> eyeball stuff freaks me out so like this whole yeah. idea of there being like just like a bowl of just loose eyeballs that they're like fine let's find she's like okay and that's and that's what she does she's digging through this heap of eyes and um she picks out two eyes and she says these are these are the eyes these are the eyes there are his eyes back and so the old man takes the eyes plops them back in his eye sockets Uh, (laughs) unsanitary (laughs) and he's like he, he, he like kind of screams in fright. He's like, oh, I don't see anything but like dark treetops and sleeping birds and flying bats. These aren't my eyes. These are owl's eyes. Take them out. Take them out. Take them out. So he like pulls the eyeballs back out. And I'm like, pretty sure that's not how eyeballs work, buddy. But love it anyway. <laughs> and so look, there are Yazinkas in here. We're suspending our disbelief, right? Yeah. No, I love that you were Which, like, you're like, that's not how eyes work. It's like. <laughs> All right, but, was, uh, but we're fine with we're fine with like the the brambles and the binding yazinkas. That is how brambles work. But this was uh, a st- <laughs> step too far. No, I, it's indeed. I, I was thrown off by it at first, but I actually loved it because it's like, oh, we see where this is going, right? Yeah. So they're owl's eyes. They take them out, and so um, <laughs> he saw like, oh, this is Inca. Has tricked me, and so without another word, without saying anything, he picks her up. And throws her into the river. And that was the end of her. <laughs> and then he turns to the second sister who just witnessed him murdering him, the other one in cold blood. Eh, not cold blood. Warm blood. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, how about you tell me where my master's eyes are? And so she's like, I don't know where they are. I don't know. And he was like, listen, we've been through this. Tell me where they are. I'm going to throw you in the river. You know I'm going to do it. And so she's like, okay, okay, okay. She leads him back to the cave and she picks out two eyes and she's like, these are the right ones. I promise they are his eyes. And when the old man tries to look through these eyes, he cries out scared again. And he says that he sees nothing but tangled underbrush, the snapping of teeth, red hot tongues. I'm like, what is he possibly seeing? He's like, these are not my eyes. These are wolves eyes. Take them out, take them out, take them out. So he takes the eyeballs out, throws them back. And Yonachek is like, oh gosh, she tricked me too. I don't know why she thought she could get away with it without another word. Picks her up, takes her to the river, throws her in, and that's the end of it. So then Yannachek turns to the third sister, is like, hey, you tell me where my master's eyes are. And she pretends that she doesn't know where they are either. And Yannachek's like, listen, I've been to the cave. I've seen the pile of eyes. I know you know better. If you don't tell me where they are, I'm going to throw you into the river like I did to your sisters. And so she was glad enough then to lead him back to the cave and pick out two eyes, which... She said were the correct ones. And when Yanchik saw that she had deceived him without another word, he went to pick her up and take her to the river and throw her in. But as he's doing so, she cries out, let me try again, Yanachek. I'll bring you the right eyes. I promise. I promise. And so Yanachek let her try again. And right from the very bottom of the heap, she picked out two more eyes that she swore were the right one. When the old man plopped these two eyes into his sockets, he clapped his hands and said, yes, these are my own eyes. I can see as well as I ever could. And with that, the old man and Yanachek lived on happily together. And Yanachek pastured the goats for the old man. The old man made cheeses at home and they ate those cheeses together. And 
That's a great. You may be sure <laughs> that the third Yazinka never showed herself on that hill again. The end. Incredible. I love that ending. Um, with and yeah, they God, made I love a they, happy ending. they made cheese together for the rest of their yeah. lives, and it's like that. All stories should end that way. <laughs> what happier ending could there possibly be? You know? Like, and they were able to make cheese and be happy eating cheese the rest of their lives. Like, yes, I love that journey for you. <laughs> You know, when you're telling us before about how, like, we can engage with death by saying, like, how we want people to remember us so that we can, like, manifest our lives that way. Like, I want a major part of my life to be, like, and then he ate cheese for the rest of his life. Aichen <laughs> uh, Art says, best part of the story was the face expressions of yours. No. Uh, Minor Katrina's. Like, it's just like every time you were like, and they were at the bottom of the pile. Like, he went yeah. to the, I was like, Ugh. So gross. Like, oh, that just like makes me squirm. Like, and then like what you were saying, like just unsanitary that like it's all like he just pops them like back in. It's like, oh, oh, those need to be like clean, like cleaned off a little bit. <laughs> you just dunk them in a glass of water first or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love a, a good story where the protagonist like knows what's up. This reminded me, and I have still have not seen the second season of The Witcher on Netflix, but this reminds me of a story that they would use in The Witcher. Like, oh, yeah. It's so, so like Geralt of Rivia to like just pick a woman up and throw her into the river in front of her sisters. Yeah. And be like, okay, now your turn. You know what I mean? And then yeah. like they lie to him and trick him. And he's like, without, without saying a word, that's the key to make it very Geralt's like, yeah. pick them up and throw them in the river. Like I can see my man crush Henry Cavill with that long dark hair of his and those creepy, creepy eyes of the Witcher doing exactly that. Oh, here we got what the hell Tony Bell chiming in. The story reminded me of Princess Rosamund. There was a part there where she was given eyes of a cat and she just kept looking into a mouse hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what was so interesting like about this <clears throat> story was like so many very familiar uh, like motifs and pieces like throughout. I mean, even like the... The three ladies and the eyeball situation like happening made me think of um, the Greek fates. I want to say they're called the Gr the Gria. Nope. Oh. I'm like, somebody fact check me I'm, and my pronunciation <laughs> on everything. Uh, but yeah, like the Gria, they it was like these three women and they shared one eye and one tooth and they would pass it around. <laughs> Like, you know, between them. And it's like, that's not how eyes work um, or teeth. Uh, and So it's like that piece made me think of that. And then we had like ma magic. Well, I guess we don't know if they're magic. I'm assuming that the apple was magic, that the rose mm -hmm. was magic and that the comb were magic. We just didn't get to see their magic because this guy, he knew his lore. And he yeah. was like, absolutely not. Um, I wasn't able to find a whole ton in here, like really quickly. Um, but I'm sure I feel certain that I've heard that Bramble as like a magical object for, um, like capturing something evil. I feel like I have read that somewhere. That's like a thing. Um, but one thing that I did think was funny, I looked in, this is the <laughs> section in this book. That's the language of flowers. So like the meaning of something, if you mm. like, you know, give a gift, um, but they had bramble listed in here oh. and it stood for envy and jealousy. But then the second one I thought was hilarious because it's bad luck gift to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real bad luck. As, when Yanacek gives you a bramble, lady. Yeah, like because he's straight up are getting like whipped. Um, so now I am going to tell a story, but. There's part of me that's a little worried that Instagram will like shut us off after like an hour. So I just want people to know um, that there if this shuts us off, I am still going to finish the story and it will get posted um, for. Um, oh, yay. Somebody who is it? Alex and Harris wrote, I just bought the folklore and symbolism of flowers, plants and trees. I'm so excited to have a look through. Yeah, I'm. it's. I one thing that I love about it are like the illustrations mm. like throughout yeah. with like the information on stuff. Um, so and even like 
this picture of uh, mulberry tree. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So I'm like, even like it has like, like, you know, dense information and stuff, but also it's just like the pictures in it are like excellent. Love it. Um, I need to get that book because that's something that I always like, especially in this podcast, like that always comes up. I'm always like, what's the meaning behind these plants? Flowers. Yeah. Um, um, and I trees, um, especially, yeah, because uh, this book, so I can keep harping on the first section of it are sacred plants. So plants that have mm. this like religious um, yeah. significance, um, then flower lore and legends, strange and wondrous plants, the flower calendar and both the Chinese flower calendar and the Japanese flower calendar. And two other ones. And then the last little section, the language of flowers that I just got the bramble thing from. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good book. And I hope that you enjoy it. Um, so, but what I was saying, if this cuts us off uh, for time, we have, we're side quest recording audio so that <laughs> it will still, I will still finish the story and it'll post where we regularly post our um, podcast episodes. Uh, so you would still get to hear the end. I don't want people like if it suddenly shuts off for people to miss the whole end of this story, because um, it's a funny one. Um, so this story I'm about to tell, um, it was in the ATU index. I want to say it was 1537, but I would have to double check that. But I think it was 1537. Um, and it's called the, the ATU type is called the corpse that died five times. <laughs> um which when i saw that i was intrigued obviously and we actually made a patreon episode that featured a story that was from that it was the british version of that atu type but there was also a japanese version Ooh, yeah. of that tail type and i love this story so um this story is very um what did we say? Uh, the um, weekend at Bernie's yeah. where, you know, there's there's a corpse that just kind of uh, ends up going going on a journey, going on an intricate trip. And so, you know, there's there's humor in that, you know, it's it's like it's not totally gross out humor, except, you know, if you're thinking about the concept that like this is like a dead body that they're using as like <laughs> a prop around town. Um, so if you're uncomfortable with, um, stories that are like that, um, I wouldn't listen to this story, but <laughs> if you're okay with a little, uh, death and dark humor, which has been a classic humor has been a classic way of dealing with grief and a lot of other hard things in life, a lot of other traumas. Um, and they find kind of like the sooner people are able to joke about something, the sooner they're kind of just uh processing what they're going through and reshaping it and so it's like a actually a good way to deal with trauma and jeff you look so zoned out right now i was like i was just <laughs> you, i was thinking about something <laughs> i want you to later when the video is available go and like look at yourself it was just you were making like such a face uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, dealing with, dealing with death through humor. So just so people know, this story is uh, a little ridiculous. So there once was a man in Japan and he From was- From Nantucket. No. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so there's a man in Japan and he was on his way home at the end of the day. And when he got to his house, he heard some voices inside of his house. And so he opened up his door and quietly like walked inside. And what he saw was uh, his wife like facing towards him, looking surprised to see him. And there was, oh, I just realized there's paint on my hand from the fall festival. Sorry for anyone looking at that. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not bruised. It's blue paint. Um, and then, so facing him was his wife and then the, the back of a man. And they seemed that maybe they were possibly in an embrace of some sort. And <laughs> so this man, just without thinking about it, went up behind this guy and hit him over the head with his fist, just hard whack on the what? back of his head. 
And the guy immediately crumpled down on the floor in front of him. His, the man's wife, just absolute shock on her face. And he looked down and the man that he had hit was the, uh, like the town mayor, basically. Like the, I think the high lord is what they said in the story. <laughs> and he's just laying on the ground. And the guy was like, oh no. Oh, and he checked whoa. on him and the guy was dead. He had hit him so hard with his fist. I was like, dang, bro. Like, <laughs> like what was your job that you're coming home from? Yeah. Oh, maybe he was a Breaking grave. rocks with your fists. <laughs> yeah. Oh, grave digger. Yeah, grave they're notor- oh, notoriously no. strong. If he was a grave digger, then this story would be over a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, you know what I just thought of? Let's just dig in a grave and put him in there. Um. So, uh, but we have joked in the past that a person who digs graves is very strong. Um, so he's like, oh no, I killed this guy. And he, you know, turned to his wife and was like, what was going on? And she was like, oh no, he was making advances towards me. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) two people can keep a secret when one of them is dead. (laughs) Excellent advice. This is an advice podcast. No, that's not. Our lawyers would like you to know. (laughs) Anyway. This is not an advice podcast. So the man was like, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do? So the woman was like, let's call the wise man of the town. That's what they called him. Um, I don't know. Religious leader? I don't know. Anyway, so he called for the wise man. The wise man of the town came and was like, what's the problem? They're like, so we accidentally killed this guy and it's the high lord of the town. And what do we do? I don't know. Like what to do? And the wise man was like, well, if you give me some money, I'll take care of the problem for you. <laughs> and they were like, sure. So they gave the wise man some money and the wise man took the body of the high lord with him. So the high lord's dragging this body and he comes across a house where a bunch of rowdy bachelors lived. Ooh. Rowdy bachelors. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he saw that inside of the house, the men were drinking and gambling, you know, kind of engaging in activities that you know, weren't bad, but don't look good for them either. So the wise man took this body and he propped it up outside of a window of the house and kind of wrapped against the window and then left. <laughs> so the the rowdy bachelors inside who heard this like knock at the window, they were like, what was that? Who, what, what in the world? So they left and snuck around the back of the house to see who was out there spying on them. And when they got to the back there, they saw this figure standing, peering through the window. So they picked up a bat or like a stick, something they picked up like a rod stick, something that was nearby and whacked him over the head with it. (laughs) And he fell to the ground dead. (laughs) And when they looked down and they saw that it was the high Lord, they were like, Oh no, no. we killed the high Lord. (laughs) So, They uh, were like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And one of the bachelors had the idea to call the wise man of the town. (laughs) So they got the wise man of the town to come out. And he's like, what's the problem? They're like, we just killed the high Lord. And the wise man was like, oh, no, you did. (laughs) And they were like, we don't know what we're going to do. We're in so much trouble. We didn't mean to kill him. We thought he thought he was spying on us and we hit him. I We must have hit him too hard. And the wise man's like, oh, yeah, that's too bad. Well, if you guys give me some money, I can probably solve this problem for you. And they're like, yeah, we'll do anything. Absolutely anything. And they're like, OK, OK. So the wise man got some money and then he took the body away with him. So by this time, it was almost morning. So the wise man took the high lord back to his house. So he gets to the high lord's house and the front door is locked. So he is banging on the door and the door is not being opened. And the high lord's (laughs) wife 
comes to a window and it said that she was like looking down. So it must have been like a two story house that was built, which makes sense. He's the high lord. He deserves a two story house. (laughs) So the wife comes to the window and she was like, I'm not letting you in this house. And the wise man talking for the uh, (laughs) the high lord was like, oh, sweetie, please let me in. Why won't you let me in? And she's like, I'm tired of your philandering. I'm tired of you staying out all hours yeah. of the night with who knows who. I I can't stand for this. You're making me a laughing stock. You're not welcome in this house. And he was like, no, please, wife, I'll behave. I'll do better. I promise I'll do better. I love you so much. And she's like, you can go jump in a well for all I care. Yeah. And then she slammed the window shut. So the wise men of the town took uh, the high lord over to the well that was kind of in, uh, it was in like the high lord's court. So it was like his own well. And the wise man just dumps him into the well, (laughs) then leaves. Um, So a few hours later, the wife, not hearing anything from her husband, Starts to become worried that, like, what if something happened to him? Like, what if he, what if I really upset him? And what if, you know, he did something? So she goes and is looking around to see, you know, did he fall asleep in the stable? Did he fall asleep, you know, under a tree somewhere? Like, where did this guy end up? And finally, she decided to check the well that she told him to go. Where did you tell him to go, lady? She looks down in the well and she sees the high lord down at the bottom of the well. And she was like, oh, no, no. he was so distraught by what I said that he committed suicide. I've killed him. So she uses all of her strength to haul him back out. I don't know whether it was like a bucket. She got a hook. I don't know. But she hauled him all the way back out and flopped him over. But he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) It was too late. Oh, no. (laughs) So she was like, what am I going to do? So she's like, I'll call the wise man of the town. (laughs) So she, she calls the wise man of the town and is like, I don't know what to do. My husband has killed himself. And the wise man of the town was like, oh, no. (laughs) Who could have foreseen this event happening? What a tragedy. And she was like, I feel so guilty because I told him that I wasn't going to forgive him. And I wasn't going to, like, let him in the house because I thought that he was, like, philandering and sleeping all around town. And I was the one that told him to jump in there. And the wise man of the town was like, yeah, that. That is definitely on you. That's that's tough. And she was like, I don't know what to do. Please help me. And he was like, well, maybe if you give me a little bit of money, I can solve this problem for you. And she was like, yes, anything. So she gave him some of her money and he took the soaking wet body (laughs) of the high Lord uh, all the way back to his place. So there the wise man heated up the sauna and put the uh, high Lord's body inside of this little steam room. And he let him, you know, warm up in there for a little bit. And then, uh, (laughs) ew, (laughs) old dead man soup. No, not, not, (laughs) not that long. Uh, But anyway, but he, he put him in there till he got nice and warm. And then mm. he called for the doctor to come. And while the doctor was on his way there, he took the high Lord, put him into his bed and pulled the covers on him. So when the doctor got there, the wise man was like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he came to me delirious, um, very sick, warm to the touch. Like, so I had him lay down. Can you go and look at him? So the doctor went into the back room and he felt the man and he was very, very warm as if he had had a terrible fever. And I mean, like he was soaking wet. He was sweating. (laughs) But unfortunately, the doctor discovered that the high Lord had died. (laughs) 
So the doctor <laughs> went to the wise man and he was like, he's like, I'm so sorry. You probably did all you could for him. <laughs> you did all you could for him, but he has succumbed to his fever and has perished. We should probably bury him. And so the village was informed of their great loss. <laughs> and the widow was at his funeral grieving. The bachelors of the town were also at his funeral <laughs> grieving. And the man and his wife were also at the funeral grieving. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, so. I I do love that story. I do. I want to read every version of that tale. Oh, type. me too. Because <laughs> the, the British one, very different. Also, people might have noticed as I was retelling this tale that the tale type is called the corpse that died five times. And our corpse only died uh, four times. Oh, my gosh. That makes so much sense, though, because in... Japanese. You're right. Four is an unlucky number because it sounds like the word for death. death. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> so culturally significant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, someone's uh, uh, Alex and Harris. I can't wait for this video to get put out just so I can listen to that again. <laughs> Me too. It's seriously, it's such a good, like, solid story. Uh, and of like, such a good October tale. Oh, yeah. When it's like, oh, you know, like, we're talking, like, creepy stories, scary stories, but then also, like... Death, um, but funny. Yeah, death, but funny. Because... Like any, you know, loss of human life, it's tragic when it's happening to somebody that you love, like deeply tragic. Um, but also like as humans that are like terrified of like our own mortality, we need humor to like help us deal with that. And I just love that, you know, one of the Patreon episodes that we did, we did the British version um, of this tale. And I love that it's like there's a British version of the tale. There is a Japanese version of the tale. And I believe uh, I had found yep. that there were kind of scattered throughout the world, different versions of this tale. And so we've talked about this before. It doesn't matter necessarily to us where the story originated from. Um, what's really interesting is where the stories latch on because it's significant to people. Um, and and the different ways that they then like play with the story and like interact with it, change it to match their culture. Um, and it fascinates me that this tale that is very like obviously irreverent <laughs> in the way that they handle a dead body, like almost in a, like it's a taboo, right? Like because yeah. we're really respectful of bodies, uh, really respectful of like our dead around the world. People are respectful of their dead, they respect them in different ways and they show their respect in different ways, but they're very respectful of their dead. And so this story is like playing with this like taboo of this like almost using this like corpse as a prop for like slapstick comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I love that <clears throat> the message is universal. <laughs> <laughs> and like i mean not not so much the message of the story but like that feeling of like you know that playing with the tension around like death and corpses and like using it in a humorous way to kind of like lighten the mood absolutely so we'll wrap it up thank you to all the people that were able to like come and interact on our yeah. this was an unplanned live um, because of the way our month kind of shaped up. And so I'm really happy like people came and listened and interacted. That was really great. So I hope everybody, if you celebrate Halloween or Samhain or uh, Dia de los Muertos, I hope I pronounced that close to correct. Um, oh, excellent shirt. Oh, it makes it look on the screen. It makes it look like that's my skeleton. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> and it glows. It glows in the dark. It's it's hard to see. I mean, it because my computer screen is there, but it's glowing in the dark. 
I love I love it. <laughs> we should have, I should have told the whole we should have done the entire live like this. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who came out to listen this truly was like the only way that we could get out an episode um for the month of october and so we're glad that there was like interaction and that people were enjoying the story so happy holidays uh whichever ones you're celebrating this spooky season and next month We are still planning on recording the tales that we were going to tell in October. Um, And actually, we're thinking about kind of extending (laughs) spooky season all through kind of like the dark half of the year. Um, So so get ready for some traditional spooky Thanksgiving stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it should be great. So thank you to everybody and have a wonderful night. And I'll see if I can awkwardly end this. <laughs> thank you for listening to the fairy tellers. If you enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a review or share us with your friends. Also consider supporting us on Patreon for access to exclusive bonus content, including outtakes and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash the fairy tellers. Special thanks to Andrew Foray for our music and to Clarice Inge for our artwork. And of course, a big thank you to all our patrons. Without all of you, this show wouldn't be possible. Fairy tales are always more interesting when something is added to them. Each new telling recharges the narrative, making it crackle and hiss with cultural energy. Maria Tatar Nope, I didn't end it. I just got rid of my camera.